years in the Sunday school and just being amongst brothers and sisters. It's just good to be here for sure. And look at this beautiful sunshine today. The Lord's blessed us, there's no doubt. And um, today uh, we're going to uh, look at Ecclesiastes. We're going to look at the conclusion of Ecclesiastes. We're going to wrap up this book today. And I have enjoyed this study. It's uh, really getting into this book of Ecclesiastes. It's been one of my one of my favorite uh, studies I've done so far. It just there was so much in it. But today, as we're going to wrap this up, we're in Ecclesiastes chapter twelve. We're only going to look at the conclusion, a couple verses here, but we're going to cover quite a bit of eleven and twelve. But uh, we're going to read uh, Ecclesiastes chapter twelve. If you want to follow along. We'll be in 13 and 14, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. So it says here in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 13, this is the conclusion. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Gracious Father in heaven, again, we are just truly blessed to be in your house, Lord, and being able to look, Lord, at your word and be able, Lord, to hear your message brought from up on high, Lord, and, and just let it absorb into our hearts, Lord. We're so thankful for that so we can gain knowledge, Lord, that we can be wise in the decisions we make here on this earth. So, Lord, here today, I just pray that you just give me the words you need me to say and just let us all have that uh, that open heart and responsive heart, Lord, just to hear this and be able to apply it. Again, we thank you for all that you do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, whenever we looked at verses 13 and 14, we read King Solomon's conclusion on how we should live our life. Now, we know that it's very important to honor and worship the Lord because in control and not us, and we've seen that throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. And, you know, again, this book, it truly shows us how to have peace, how to have contentment, how to have purpose, and that meaning, and avoid the vanities that this life has. You know, we have to depend on God, and God, we have to have that loving reverence for God. We have to do His commandments, and that's what we're seeing there at the end. And that starts by gaining knowledge that leads to wisdom, and that's in the book. That's in God's Word here, in this Holy Bible. And, you know, as we go through and we study, and like I said, this has been one of my favorite studies that I've done, really in-depth study on it, but, uh, you know, don't get overwhelmed, you know, those out there that are redeemed. Don't get overwhelmed in, in the Word if there's something you don't understand. You know, that's, that's the time that you've got to seek the Lord and ask Him. You know, Lord, please reveal this to me, what, what this means. And I don't know how many times you all have done it. I'm sure it's been quite a few, but I do it quite often. I don't understand something. I go to the Lord, and then it's just like an aha moment. Whenever I come through these doors, whenever, you know, through the Sunday school, through the preaching, it's just like, that's what I was, you know, that's what I was asking God for. I didn't understand it, and it just comes out, and he reveals it. It just it happens to me quite often. And I'm telling you what, folks, don't get overwhelmed. Ask him, and he will reveal things to you. And I love that aha moment. It just sticks to you. You're like, ah, see what's going on? Because, folks, wisdom is required in this life. 
We have to have wisdom to live a life that's pleasing to God, God's wisdom. That way we can make the right decisions by the knowledge that we have, that we've obtained. Now, we're seeing King Solomon through the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Ecclesiastes. He's stressing the importance of seeking wisdom instead of folly, especially from chapters 8 on up. Now, if you remember that King Solomon, he, uh, well, younger King Solomon, he was inspired and he wrote uh, the majority in, uh, of the book of Proverbs. And uh, what was his message that we saw throughout Proverbs? Seek lady wisdom and avoid lady folly. You know, because y'all remember the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that was so important. The thing of it is, did King Solomon always apply his knowledge wisely? Of course he did. So, but you know, as we conclude this book, you know, there's one thing that really pops out at me whenever we start to go through 11 and 12. We, see, we start to see King Solomon have a lot of regret for the things that he done. We start to see him have regret. And it brings to me another level of meaning to this book and to, you know, in God's inspired hand here. Remember, back King Solomon, whenever he took over the reign of king of Israel, he was very young. Most people put him in that upper teenage years, close to his 20s, somewhere in that vicinity. But his dad, King David, instilled godly values in him. There's no doubt that happened. We saw, we see this in God's word. And it showed early in King Solomon's life, right? When he took the reign of, of king, God was so pleased with him because he was wanting to judge and his Israel, judge the people and the nation. He wanted to judge him righteously and fairly, right? So God came to him in a dream. What do you want? And that's what he asked for. And God was so happy with him that he blessed him with so many other things, riches, wealth, fame, all these things because of that. And there's no one that's ever had wisdom like King Solomon. We know Jesus is wisdom, but outside of that, King Solomon is the wisest one that's ever walked this earth. And there'll never be another one like him. Now, we, we can't even fathom that if we were to speak to him, how wise that he was. So when you read the book of Proverbs, I'm telling you what, when you read somebody, an author that writes things, you can kind of tell what kind of mood they were in. And in Proverbs, there's a lot of excitement because you can feel the spirit in him. He was full of God's wisdom. He was young when he wrote this. And whenever he was providing all those practical wisdoms in that book. But in the book of Ecclesiastes, you begin to see he's an old one. He's older at this point. He's in the latter parts of his life. But when he writes this, you're starting to see a lot of remorse and a lot of regret for things that he did. And it's very evident in the last little bit of this. You know, because of his wayward lifestyle in between the two books. You know, and as I study this book, I see a seasoned veteran. A seasoned veteran of this life. <clears throat> he knows the temptations that's out there, and he knows what this world has to offer. And he's seen it. He's lived it. And, you know... He did in, indulge in this. And we know that. He, you know, those experiences of life that he indulged into away from God under the sun, there was a lot. But you know what? During the whole time he kept his journal, and of course that's where this Ecclesiastes, most of it, it comes from, was his journal of what he experienced and what he observed away from God. Remember, 
King Solomon knows the love of God. He knows what a fulfilled life that God can provide. So in his day, whenever he visited old lady Folly, she lured him to her banquet. She lured him out. And, you know, even as wise as this man was, he's like a fish that lure goes by. Got tempted and grabbed it, and she hooked him. She had him hooked, right? And you all saw that in uh, quite a bit, all the way up to chapter 6. We saw him become self-righteous in a lot of things. He's living under the sun without God. You start to see him use the words me, myself, I. He never gave God credit for a lot of these things that God had done for him. But through all these pleasures, all these possessions, all these riches, and all the fame that he had, None of these things provided him any lasting satisfaction in his life. None of these things ever provided him the fullness of life that only God can give. So, of course, when we talk about King Solomon, that's pretty much the first thing everybody thinks about is, what was his downfall? And we know it was his multitude of foreign wives. 700 wives and 300 concubines. He had a lot of wives, but it was the foreign ones because God warned him do not do that, because they will, those idols, they will pull you and lead you away. And of course, I guess he thought he was wise enough that he could figure it out, but he wasn't. Ultimately, God punished, you know, God's going to punish these things. He doesn't like disobedience, and we know that in the next, you know, the next king that comes up, his son Rehoboam, we know that Israel gets punished because of King Solomon's unfaithfulness. We know that the that the nation was uh, divided because of this, and the word tells us that. But you know what? He made a huge mistake. Idolatry is a major sin against our Father, against God. You know, it completely goes against the commandments that we are to follow and uphold. No other gods before me. God's a jealous God. He is a very jealous God. And the thing of it is, King Solomon, he sees his mistake. And, and that's what we're seeing here at the end of Ecclesiastes. He is warning others to avoid this. Don't do what I did. As you read these final few chapters, you'll start to see this. And I start to feel like when, whenever I was getting into this, it's just like a parent or grandparent or an elder looking at the youth and being like, hey, I see you're going down the wrong path there. Hold up. I've been there. You're not going anywhere. That's, that's, you're going to listen to me. I've been there, done that. It's not good. And he's trying to show us that the way, you know, in God is the way that we need to be looking forward. So check this out about the youth. And we're going to be in 11, chapter 11, verse 9. And uh, this is where he starts talking to the youth here. It says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let the heart cheer thee in the days of the youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from the heart and put away evil from thy flesh for childhood and youth are vanity. Those two little verses right there, he's telling us, seek God early in your life. Seek him. Don't wait. Don't wait. And we even see that in verse 10 because he said childhood and youth is, is a vanity. Now remember vanity has different definitions to it. Vanity here is a vapor. Life flies by very, very quickly. And that's what he's saying about our youth. Our prime of our life, I tell you what, it'll, it'll fly right by you before you know it. 
but he's also he's shown us that there's a lot of advantages in youth. We have our, a lot more energy when you're youthful. You uh, have a lot more physical capabilities. Well, basically, you have a lot of uh, less limitations hindering your life when you're a little bit younger, right? But also, he's shown us here that youth is a time when there's a lot of temptations that come your way in the youth. A lot of sensual indulgence. Man, they're strong whenever you're young. But I want you to notice something, too, in 11.9 there. It says it has, it talks about to rejoice and judgment in the same verse. In that, folks, in that same uh, uh, verse there, he's saying, walk careful. Be careful in what you're doing. Because it's easy to get drawn down the wrong path and a path of regret, and you do not want to do that. Because, you know, folks, it talks about the heart here. Believe it or not, our heart can lead us into sin. Whenever it's talking about the heart, you know, we're all born with depraved hearts. We're all born with that. And, you know, I understand when people say, well, listen to your heart, follow your heart. We know what they're talking about. I tell you what, this old heart can lead you into bad things. So you got to watch out for that. But the thing of it is, too, when he talks about judgment here, he's talking to the youth about judgment. Everything we do will be judged. Maybe not all in this world, but the next one to come, it's going to be judged, folks. It's coming. So what he's saying here. Important to enjoy the good times. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Enjoy the good times when God presents them to you. But in those good times, we shouldn't be reckless or sinful. That's a major thing. We shouldn't be reckless or sinful because, folks, true pleasure is experienced by faith and obedience. Therefore, our true satisfaction is a gift from God. And that's something we need to remember. So he's saying here, flee your youthful lust. Don't get yourself in a mess because time really flies by quickly and uh, you need to remember that. So with that said, in youth, he's going to continue on talking about youth. And uh, let's take a look at these main points of living a fulfilled life as King Solomon's showing us. In chapter 12 and verse 1, I want you all to take a look with me. It says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Folks, I love that point in just those couple little sentences there. You're seeing King Solomon acknowledge God as the creator. This is the one that had all these wives with idolatry and all these things going on. He acknowledges God as the creator. What that tells me is that he's showing God's power, his sovereignty. He is the creator. Folks, this is our God. And, you know, this is the one that created in the earth, the universe, he created us. And King Solomon is saying that right here to us. And all the things he's been through, he's coming back around full circle again to this. And when I look at that, I want to just kick back here to Psalm and chapter, uh, chapter 8. In the book of Psalm, we'll see what King David has to say about God's marvelous creation. There's a couple of verses here in Psalm chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visited him? Now, folks, when I read this and I think about King Solomon, there's no doubt he's given his son advice. I'm telling you what, how important it is for us to teach our children about God. 
And you're seeing that right now. Again, he's coming full circle back around. King Solomon's an old man whenever he writes the book of Ecclesiastes. So it's important, and he's such an influence, King David was, on King Solomon. You know, folks, we are, everyone in here, we're designed for eternity, and God has the keys to it. We're all designed for that, and I tell you what, this world has nothing to offer you and me. It has nothing out there to offer us other than uh, heartache and disappointments. And if you haven't experienced it, give it time. It's going to come your way. So in that first little sentence in chapter uh, 12, verse 1, he's telling us to serve God the way he intends us to before we get to the point where our service is going to be limited. So we need to do that. We need to think of that. So, you know, the thing of it is, though, when you're younger, you think you have all the time in the world. You want to put things off that Solomon tells us life's a vapor. God's word tells us, you know, you think about it. I'll do more when I graduate college. I'll do more when my kids, you know, whenever I raise my kids. Or I'll do more whenever I retire. I'll do more for God whenever I get to that point. The thing of it is, we don't know if we're going to be here. We've got to be in the today and in the now because time will slip away. We can waste a lot of time chasing after the wind, folks. Squander time that we just can't get back. And I think King Solomon is seeing this too. And he has that regret. You know, his experiences tells us to remember the Creator before difficult days come our way. Let's read the rest in 12 here. We'll jump through it. Again, we'll start from the top. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. Again, difficult times are coming. Verse 3 here, it says, In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. Now, this is God showing us that youth is slipping away. And he's showing us, hey, this is like them rumble strips on the road. Hey, you know that time we talked about? slipping away from you when you start seeing these things come up. This is us aging. The keeper of the house shall tremble. We're not as steady as we once were. And the strong men shall bow themselves because not as strong as I was in previous days. And the grinder cease because there are few. It's talking about our teeth. And those that look out of the windows be dark and I can't see as well as I used to. These are reminders. You slipping away. And the door shall be shut in the streets. What? Don't feel like doing things that I used to do. When the sound of grinding is low, you might not have the appetite that you had when you was younger. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Can't hear as well as I used to. Well, I get that all the time at home. <laughs> I can't hear very well. But also when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in their way. There, you'll start being fearful of things you never thought of before. And the almond tree shall flourish. The almond tree has blooms of white. That's, you start to see your hair start to rip away, start to get gray, start to get white, things of this. And the grasshopper shall be a burden. The grasshopper's talking about it not being able to get around much longer. The grasshopper drags itself along. And desire shall fail. Things that you used to love no longer is interesting to you. Think about that. Because man goeth to his long home. This is the point when man is going to pass. And the mourners go about the streets. 
He's telling us, remember these times. Remember. Your youth is slipping away when you see these things. So I want you all to take another little look. But the thing of it is, as we age too, we have no promise that we are going to age. We have no promise of tomorrow. None of us do. And he's also going to remember, uh, show us this in, in remembrance in uh, verse 6. The Creator uh, will leave this world before we may even grow older, it says in, in verse 6. Or ever the silver cord be loose, and it's talking about our spinal cord, something happened along the way. Or the golden bowl be broken, that's our head. Or the picture is broken at the fountain. The picture draws up the water, that's what it would be talking about our lungs. Or the wheel broken at the cistern, you got the wheel, the well. Sit there and you crank it up. Well, something's broken on that wheel. It's not going to pump it up. Heart. Anything can happen along the way. We might not see an old age. That's what he's saying. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. All is vanity. And what's vanity he's talking about here is these things are a mystery. We don't. difficult times, but we don't know when he'll come and, and take us home. We do not know. And that's a vanity, what he's saying. As he digs on in here, and we're getting closer to the conclusion here, the final points that he's looking at, and and there's no doubt King Solomon, you know, his inspired words through God is a gift to us all. I mean, we look through all that he wrote, and we're benefiting from the with those from now and, and verse 9 goes over and shows us that and moreover because the preacher was wise this is King Solomon he still taught the people knowledge yea he give a good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs and he did the preacher sought to find out acceptable words and that which are uh, written was upright even words of truth now listen to this the words of the wise are as goads now these words of the wise, I want you all to look down at the bottom, at the very end of uh, verse 11. These words of the wise, they're given from one shepherd. That's where these inspired words come from. The words of the wise are as goads. Now, if you've ever had any farm animal, uh, cattle, goat, whatever, they can be stubborn. You have to have something to kind of push them along if they get stubborn on them. And what he's meaning here, God's inspired words can motivate he can make us move whenever he wants us to. And that's that, that's that gold. And it's uh, nails fastened by the master of the assemblies. What he's saying here, he can contain us. He can hold us back to secure us, the ones that are in danger. And I think about that with my son's beagle hounds. Every night, we turn, every day we turn them loose for a while, but I put them up every night because they're coyotes, because they love to run in the hills every night, and them coyotes, I'm afraid, will get them. So we put them in a pen. Doing for us. God's words can keep us secure in dangerous times, is what he's saying. Verse 12 also goes on, and again he's saying, Be leery of other study materials, folks. Be leery of that, because there's a lot of false doctrine out there, and you could waste a lot of time reading through and chasing a rabbit through this stuff, and it would be meaningless to you. If it's not God's word, it's meaningless. You can waste a lot of time in that. So we get to the point here, and this is, folks, this is the conclusion, the whole duty of man. This is what King Solomon comes up with in his latter years. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. 
fear God and keep the commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Folks, you know, fear God, we've seen this, we've seen this uh, recommendation many, many times in the wisdom books. I want to ask you, how do you fear God today? How do you fear God? And we all have different relationships with God, some a little stronger than others. But I want to tell you something. I know as believers, that fear that we have is a loving reverence for God. We know that He has our best intentions in everything, the good times and in the bad times, in the difficult times. Those are times we can use as an opportunity to get closer. We talked about that last time. But we have that faith in Him. And we know He loves Him. Why do we know He loves Him? He allowed His Son to die on the cross for us. And His blood has covered our sins, folks. Think about that. We know that He loves us. But you know the worst fear that, that I think, as far as, now I know, I know God, He could destroy me if He wanted to in this life. He could destroy me right now if He wanted to. But the thing of it is, folks, my worst fear is disappointing Him. He called me. He called you if you know Him today. And I, I fear disappointing Him like King Solomon had. I worry about that. And that's something we need to think about. Because you know what? He provides us a fulfilled life. That old void that we have in our hearts, He fills that void for us. I don't want to disappoint Him in anything. He's been so good to me and my family. But you know what? Like an unbeliever, they don't see God in this light. They don't perceive God in this light. I was there. We all were there at one time. We were all lost. And you know what the perception most time is of an unbeliever? They think of God standing up there with his arms crossed just waiting for you to make a mistake so he can punish you. That isn't the mindsets of a lot of non-believers. And in that, you know, they think, they try to avoid God at every single turn. They don't want to come into the house of God. They don't even want to be around believers and Christians because it sheds so much light on their sin and their self-righteousness. I'm telling you, folks, they see God as an authority and a judge because they live their self-righteous life, and it bothers them. It sheds so much light and guilt on their sin, and they have so much regret. So that's a little bit of difference there. But God's inspired word is telling us to seek him, to seek him out before this time fastly passes by. And it will, it's a vapor. Because in verse 14, we know this. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Folks, this is the, the judgment's coming after the first death. It's coming. That judgment's coming. You're not going to avoid it. You're, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. You're going to be right there, and it's going it's to be to us. But the thing of it is, folks, we have hope. We're on this side of eternity right now. We're on this side of eternity, and today is the time. Today is the day of salvation, and now is the time. And that's what King Solomon is trying to show us here at the very end of this. Don't wait. Why are you waiting? Folks, today, if you're redeemed and you don't have that relationship with God you might have first had, folks, all thing you have to do is confess and repent. Don't try to hide from him. Don't be ashamed. He'll take you back with loving arms. That's what he is. We've got to confess and, and repent and regain that relationship. And for the lost out there, folks, you may think that you have no hope. 
You may think you have no hope in this world and no hope in the world after. But I'm telling you something, folks. Don't wait. Seek him out. Cry out to him. And I tell you what, he might just find you and he'll bring you meaning and purpose you never thought of. He'll fill that void that's in your heart. Because I'm going to tell you something, without God there is no hope. And we see that through his book. And one more thing before we close here today is in chapter 1. And this is how it started all out. I'm going to look at verse 3. It says, What profit hath a man of all his labor which he ta uh, taketh under the sun? So, it's saying here, all the works, all the things you do trying to find meaning under the sun. What profit are they? Verse 2 says, and this is King Solomon, the wisest man that's ever walked, said, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. We've got to seek after God, folks. God bless you all.